welcome to the Turn Up the Volume on Your Voice podcast with Charlotte Foster. Turn Up the Volume on Your Voice is a podcast all about podcasting. My name is Charlotte and I've been podcasting since 2017. Before that, I was in radio. In fact, first time I went live behind a microphone was in 1998. Yes, that was last century. I love listening to podcasts, making podcasts and helping others make podcasts too. All through my business, Charlotte Foster Podcasts. I promise you I am far more creative when it comes to podcasting than I am when it comes to making up names for businesses. Hello, welcome to this week's episode of Turn Up the Volume on Your Voice. I hope you are well this week. We are talking about podcast reviews today. The good and the bad. Mainly the bad, actually. And you know what? I might need a gin and tonic to get me through this recording because this is actually going to include me reading out some of the less nice things people have said about me from when I was on the radio. And you know what? These are still all online because no, I haven't collected them along the way and kept them for posterity. I do, however, collect the nice things people say along the way. And I recommend you do too, because it's an absolute boost to look at them when you're feeling a bit pants. And it's probably a better way of dealing with it than heading towards the gin and the tonic. Getting reviews is a great way to just get that little bit of external validation for what you're doing on your podcast. I mean, let's be honest, you're putting your heart and soul into it, right? So it feels good to know that somebody is enjoying it. And not only enjoying it, they're enjoying it enough to actually type out some words and let the world know that your podcast rocks. It's not just you who thinks that, somebody else does as well. And when it's a total stranger saying that, I don't think there's a much better feeling out there. But reviews, as glorious as they can be, are not just for you to feel good about yourself. They're also a great way to persuade others to listen to your podcast. Because, like I just said, if somebody's taken the time and effort to publicly say good things about your podcast, then that's a great indication for new potential listeners to give you a go. I think it's called like social proof, isn't it? You see it all the time. So you should go around sharing those reviews on your socials, your social proof, uh, screenshot those reviews, post, 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 post. I do. Well, I would. But with all this lovely stuff comes some less lovely stuff. That's the only way I can describe it. Less lovely stuff. It's a fact of life that if you put yourself out there, yes, you're going to get people who love you, who think you're brilliant, will, will do anything and everything you say but you're also going to get people who simply don't like you, don't appreciate what you're doing and just don't want to be part of your gang, your tribe, your community. And that's okay because I don't like everybody I hear on the radio. I don't like every podcast I listen to and I don't like everybody I watch on the telly. It is not normal or indeed possible to like everybody. And I bet... I bet my mortgage, my new mortgage, which is more expensive than my current mortgage, I bet my new mortgage, there are people who you go, oh, not them again, when you see or hear them on the telly or the radio, wherever they're popping up. So 
What I tend to do is when someone I don't like appears on my screen in my phone as a podcast app, not just someone's ringing me, you know, in in the radio, whatever, wherever they're popping up, I uh, tend to just find something else to listen to, find something else to watch and leave it at that. Unfortunately, social media and the internet in general has given everybody a voice. And some people are not in the slightest way afraid to use that voice. I'd go so far as to say, in fact, they're afraid not to use it. So how do you deal with those negative reviews? I've got some advice. It's not the only advice out there, but this is my advice. And it's come from years of having people tell me just what they think about me. Either knowing I'll be seeing it or maybe thinking I won't. So first thing I'd say, and this is what everybody says, don't take it personally. And yes, it is so easy for me to say that. It's amazingly easy, in fact, for me to say, oh, don't take it personally. And I'm doing the side head thing. You know, when you put your head to one side, oh, don't take it personally. Really easy to say that when you're not reading a negative review about yourself or your podcast. But honestly, don't take it personally. I've stopped doing the side head. I talk a lot about how even though I overshare massively about so much in my life, there is a significant amount about me that you don't know and you won't know. That's partially down to a way of protecting myself from taking bad reviews personally. Because if I haven't given you all of me, you can't judge or review me accurately You can't. You've only got part of the picture of who I am. So any criticism that's given to me is only on the bit that you've got, which isn't me 100%. Does that make sense? So you're you're judging me on what you're hearing, which is about 80% of me. There's another 20% of me that I keep private. So you haven't got the full Charlotte. (laughs) I think my husband right now is wishing he didn't have the full Charlotte, but you haven't got the full me. So you can't, whatever judgment you give of me, whatever review you give of me, you're only reviewing that chunk. You're not reviewing the whole Charlotte. And I know you're giving a lot of yourself to your podcast. I know that because especially if it's an extension of your personal brand. I mean, heck, My podcast company is called Charlotte Foster Podcasts. I've given it my name. So it's really, really hard. I understand. It's really hard to say this isn't about me because it feels 100% as though it is about you. So if you can just do that segmenting off and knowing that actually they've only got a certain amount of me. So it's not all of me that is being judged. It's, It's a really useful kind of what's the word I'm looking for? Like a bumper type thing. I know what I mean. A buffer zone. That's the words I was looking for. Now, this is the this is the uh, the review bit. When I was working at a radio station in London called LBC, there was a whole thread on an online forum about me, specifically about how awful I was. Every single time I did a shift they would be pulling apart every aspect of my news reading ability. Here's a few choice examples of things that were written, including some that I found out were posted six, six 
six whole years after I left. Six years. I can't get my head around that. I cannot get my head around the fact that somebody would still have such a problem with me six years after I stopped being on that radio station. Anyway, here's just three of some of the the choicest uh, ones that were put out there. One woman LBC could do without is Charlotte Foster, the newsreader. That's nice. No matter who is on LBC, reading news, traffic, weather, etc., none can be as bad as Charlotte Foster used to be. Anyone remember her? Question mark. And oh, <laughs> I can't. And may I take this opportunity to remind listeners of that other terrible LBC newsreader of the past, Charlotte Foster. I don't know what it is with LBC employing women. I'll leave you to make up your own minds about the thoughts behind who might be writing something like that. But here's the thing. All of these posts were by just one person. One person who hid behind their anonymous online forum nickname. I have no idea who that person is. None whatsoever. I have an idea that I think it might be a man because of the anti-women sentiment that I'm picking up but I I, that's it I don't know for sure so what did I do that was so terrible did I swear on air did I stop breathing in news halfway through because I couldn't be bothered to carry on did I give out factually incorrect information did I say it was snowing and London had ground to a halt in the middle of June did I murder someone live on air no the worst that I did was that I stumbled over my words a couple of times Am I proud that on occasion, while live on air, I tripped over my words? No, absolutely not. Did it warrant being branded the worst newsreader in all radio history? That's in quotation marks, by the way. That is a direct quote again from this forum. No, it really, really didn't. Now, let me just paint a scene for you. At this point in my life, I was in my mid ish 20s in London on my own big scary world out there and it did almost break me and that's because I didn't have much of an identity away from Charlotte from the radio in fact some of my friends were even calling me that Charlotte from the radio that was who I was that was my whole identity my whole identity my whole point of life was being on the radio So, of course, I was going to take everything that was said on that forum personally and think it was about me 100%. So while, yes, I have called my podcast company Charlotte Foster Podcasts, I am not Podcast Charlotte. I am lots of Charlotte things. I am running Charlotte. I'm Auntie Charlotte, sewing Charlotte, wife Charlotte, daughter Charlotte, sister Charlotte, business owner Charlotte, friend Charlotte all of these different things. I have all of these different facets now. I am not Charlotte from the radio only. And they contribute to Charlotte Charlotte. None of them, though, on their own define me anymore. And that has been one of the biggest mindset shifts uh, to help me get through negative reviews and negative criticism. Having lots of different parts of me to make up me and knowing that 
anything that is said is not about me 100%. It is not about Charlotte, Charlotte anymore. Next obvious thing is don't dwell on the negative reviews. (laughs) I know, right? In my infinite wisdom, (laughs) infinite wisdom, once I had found this forum and it was accidentally found it, I wasn't searching for my name on Google, I promise. I was just searching radio forums because I was Radio Charlotte and I was a massive radio geek. Still am. But I was just searching forums for, for radio stuff and I found my name. Oh my, I can't tell you how sick I felt. It was just horrific. Anyway, once I'd found this forum and found what people were saying about me, I couldn't stop looking at it. And then I couldn't stop looking at it. And then I I started searching for the things that might have been said about me. I went backwards and forwards, backwards and forwards. It's a bit like the whole picking a scab thing. It hurts. And that's why you do it. Now, there's probably some psychology behind this for searching out negatives. But honestly, I don't recommend it as a way of, you know, moving forward with your life. In particular... I don't recommend looking for negative stuff before you start your podcast work or any work, actually. I used to read those comments on the train. I would travel into London from where I lived in Reading, a 25 minute journey from Reading to Paddington. And I filled those 25 minutes, not with reading a book, not with listening to some music, not with listening to a podcast or anything useful. I filled those 25 minutes with voices telling me I was rubbish guess what? My bulletins were not great because I was shaking with fear before reading them because I was focused on the comments telling me I was rubbish. Just even saying this out loud, I'm just shaking my head at myself because of course, of course, it was just a horrifically vicious circle. And then, and then to make it even worse, I'd read those comments on the way home again. So that set me up for a great little day of sleeping because have I mentioned, again, this is when I was on night shift. So your sleep is disturbed. You're absolutely shattered all the time. So I know what I'll do. I'll just make it even harder for myself to get on with it all. Spending all your waking minutes focusing on negative reviews and taking them personally will do you approximately zero good. At best, you might take them to heart and stop doing your podcast. That's your best case scenario there. At worst... The effect on your mental health could be devastating. I've been there and I've got the t-shirt. Actually, I might get a t-shirt. Charlotte Foster, worst newsreader ever. (laughs) I'm owning it. I totally am owning it. However, having said all of that, I'm about to tell you, don't ignore the negative reviews. Yep. Do not ignore the negative reviews. You've not misheard it. And it may sound counterintuitive after everything I've just said, but actually, some negative reviews are actually quite fair. doesn't mean they don't hurt, but actually, in the cold light of day, when you're not going through that first emotional defensive response of, what? What do you mean? That's rubbish. Blah, 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 blah. Once you've gone through that, ask yourself, is there any truth in that negative review? Is the reviewer complaining you speak too fast? Are they saying you're not very clear to hear? It's too noisy in the background. The audio quality isn't good enough. 
Are they pointing out an inappropriate question you've asked a guest, maybe? Are they calling you boring? I mean, that's the worst, isn't it? Incidentally, the breakfast show I co-presented was called Boring in a comment on a post on Facebook once. A few years later, the post, which incidentally I had shared on my own timeline on Facebook because it was me baking at the great British Bake Off finalist Louis Troiano's house and I just had the best time, so clearly I was sharing it. Um, It came back up on my Facebook memories. So I scrolled through the, the, the photos and I was like, oh, that was really fun that day. And I saw the comment telling me how boring the show I presented was. And then I saw who had written that comment. And it turned out that the person who commented had since joined the running club I belonged to at the time and actually was a mate. So I let him know what he'd said and how he'd said it to me. And guess what? It wasn't personal at all. In fact, I don't think he could really remember typing it. And if I'm being absolutely honest, he likes the vent quite a lot. And I don't think he realises half the time that he's doing it. So there is a real life example of how it is really not aimed at you personally. But what is important here is asking yourself if any of the criticisms that have been made against you, are they actually valid? It can be quite hard to decide this on your own because of that teeny tiny issue of um, you not being very subjective about yourself. I'm not subjective about myself. You're not subjective about yourself. Just the way we're built. You're either going to take the drastic route of, oh my goodness, yes, everything that you've said, I'm terrible, I'm awful. Oh goodness, no, I quit. Or you're going to take the equally drastic but quite opposite route of, darling, what I do is so perfect. Nothing is wrong. All criticism's a lie. I'm ignoring you. So I recommend asking somebody you trust to give you honest feedback on the criticism that's been given to you. Side note here, make sure it is somebody you can take honest feedback from. I can't take a single bit of feedback from my husband. I just can't. So I don't ask him. It always ends up in an argument. It never ends well. So we just leave it. We just don't do that anymore. And then much like last week, I suggested you turn imposter syndrome into encourager syndrome. This week, if you do get a review where it's less than complimentary, then just lean into it a little bit and just begin to understand if actually, maybe you could do better. If you can, start a plan of action to get better. If you think it's an unwarranted criticism, move on. Easy as that. Easy as that, she says. And this is not listening to the haters or bowing down to the negativity. Sometimes we do need to be called out on stuff because do you know what? Was the breakfast show I worked on boring? At times it probably was. Yeah, do you know what? Probably was at times because we didn't always get it right. And as I said, were some of the bulletins I read on LBC awful? I don't want to say awful, but there were nights when I couldn't get my words out for love nor money. And that is not good enough. So sometimes those criticisms are relevant. Could they have been given in a better way? Yes, they could. So should you actually respond to these negative reviews that you're getting? Well, yes and no. 
some platforms quite simply don't give you a right of reply. So it's not always easy to post a response. In that case, you can possibly address them on your podcast if you wanted to, or in your social media, or just choose to ignore it. And some negative reviews and criticisms simply don't warrant a reply because they are simply bullying. As my parents used to say to me, do not give the bullies the satisfaction. Now, of course, it would be don't feed the trolls and encourage them to keep posting because they know they've got to you. But if somebody has been polite, they've come to you with a negative review, but it's a constructive criticism, it's good to have a response ready, even if it's quite a generic response, right? Um, it could be something as simple as thank you for getting in touch and for giving me your feedback. I'm always looking to improve and grow the podcast. So I appreciate you taking the time to review, to get in touch, to comment. That's all it needs to be. Just acknowledging the review, the comment, whatever, means the person writing it might just stick around because, oh, they have felt listened to. And don't we all want to be listened to? And I don't just mean in a podcast sense. You don't need to spend hours explaining yourself to anybody. And I personally wouldn't unless it was a full on complaint that needed a response. But that's not normally delivered via a review. And here's another thought. You remember when we could all go on holidays abroad and things like that? TripAdvisor, the website, I I go straight to the negative reviews. Whenever I'm looking at anywhere, I don't want to look at the positives. I want to look at the negative reviews. And I want to see what people are saying that's negative. And then I want to see how the people who own whatever it is I'm looking at, I want to see how they respond. And that's how I judge a place. I look at how they respond to the negatives or the criticisms. Have they fixed it? Have they just gone, I don't care? What have they said? Have they responded? And then I go look at the positives. Because sometimes you can show a lot about how you respond to the negative. And then finally, leave on a high. And I don't mean a gin and tonic. Although, you know, no, I don't. I don't mean a gin and tonic because if you've just spent 10, 15 minutes dealing with negative reviews, reading criticisms and just the plain old bully meanies on Facebook or wherever, Twitter, wherever, make sure you wash all that away by spending just as long if not longer, reading all the nice stuff people have said about you. That's the messages that people have sent, like one I got this week that said, Charlotte, I just want to say how much I value your podcast. And do you know what? That one sentence can just make everything worthwhile. And I have spent a few minutes today reading all the nice stuff because I have had to have my head deep in some quite mean things that people had said about me in the past. And yes, it was 2008, 2009. But when you read stuff about yourself, it's a bit mean. So I have spent some time today remembering the good stuff people have said to me and the fact that I had something this week. And in fact, I've had a couple of messages this week saying how people have appreciated the podcast. So that's been really good. And they've all gone in my keep this and have a look at it regularly folder what I recommend you do too. Have a place where you can keep positive reviews, screenshots of people saying nice stuff about you, your podcast, and just every now and again, review them. Take that nice warm glow feeling and spend the rest of the day doing an impression of the Ready Break Kid. 
That's a reference for the 80s children out there. Also, here's a rabbit hole I was not expecting because I was searching for Ready Break online just to make sure that that Ready Break glow was a thing and not something I imagined or got confused with another brand. And according to the internet, so may or may not be true, Ready Break is banned in Australia, apparently. I don't know how true it is, but yeah, that's some of the things you learn slash believe too easily. And I'm going to finish my reviews on one of my favourite reviews from my radio days because I just, I love comparing this to worst newsreader ever. Because this one came in while I was on air once. Charlotte Foster is a mega addition to Radio Stoke. Well done to whoever selected her. Highly intelligent young lady. It was the young bit I liked the most. Good enough for Radio 4. So there you go. From worst newsreader ever to good enough for Radio 4. So those are my tips for dealing with negative reviews and criticisms. And in fact, if you were to say, well, how do I deal with positive reviews? Not that you're dealing with positive reviews, but how do I how do I respond to positive reviews and praises? Do you know what? In pretty much the same way, but opposite. Stick with me, right? So positive reviews, they're lovely to get, but you shouldn't take them personally because they're not about you as a person. Does that make sense? So in the same way, a negative review isn't about you as a person, so you shouldn't take it personally. A positive review makes you feel good, but it's not a review of who you are as a complete person. You shouldn't spend too long going over and over and over of them because they're just one side to a story. They're just the positives. They're not telling you necessarily where you need to improve. They're not telling you the things that you need to learn. They're just telling you the good stuff. And if we only ever listen to the good stuff, it's like having a yes person around you. All the people go, oh, yes, yes. Oh, Charlotte, you're great. You're great. Ugh, that's not that's not constructive. That's not making you a better podcaster, is it? But you also shouldn't ignore them either. <laughs> oh, it's so complex, isn't it? You shouldn't ignore them because actually getting these reviews are really useful because people are telling you what you're doing well. It's a good indication. They're telling you what they're enjoying. So it would make sense to do more of that. You should also respond to these reviews as well. Respond to the positive as well as the negative. Again, I mentioned TripAdvisor and how I look at how people always uh, respond to the negative reviews that are left of them. I also go and see if, if, they've left, if the people, the owners have left any comments for people giving their positive reviews. Even if it's just a, I'm really glad you enjoyed your stay or I'm really glad you enjoyed your visit. It's that extra step. I want to know people are engaged. And also... Whilst you leave on a high, always leave on a high. It is good to remind yourself that there are things you need to improve on and things you need to do better and create a positive plan of action to make sure you do positivity. Remember, we're finishing on a high. Thank you so much for listening to today's podcast. You can, as always, get in touch on social media. I am at Charlotte Foster Podcasts on Instagram and on Facebook. I am at CF Podcasts on Twitter and I'm Charlotte Foster Podcast Queen on LinkedIn. And if you would like to leave a review, positive or negative, please do. I'd very much appreciate that as well. Look after yourself. Until next time. <laughs> <laughs>